Okay, welcome back. Uh, it's the day 18 of the Online Bible Reading Club. This is the Fully Live Athlete Pastor Channel. This is Justin speaking. Hey, I love this chapter. I love the Bible, and I hope you do too. Be encouraged. Uh, you've made it this far. You're almost through Genesis. We're on Genesis 43, 44, and 45, and we'll be hitting the second half of Matthew 12 today and finishing that up. And this is a lengthy passage, but get through 43 and 44 because that gets you to the coup de grace, to the big reveal, to Joseph, uh, revealing that he is their lost brother in this section. So think about that. Uh, in 37, Genesis 37, Joseph's brothers, jealous and envious of him uh, and, and had enough with him and had sold him into slavery and he was taken by the slave traders to Egypt and he ascends in the ranks and becomes all the way up to running Egypt for Pharaoh. He is a gifted leader and has made Egypt prosperous so much so that all those who are suffering are coming to Egypt to get grain and to buy grain so they can go back to their lands uh, because they're all starving and Egypt because of Joseph's leadership has been wise and put back grain to be prosperous in these challenging times. Well, it's a long story of how this all happened, but Joseph is, is gauging his brothers and seeing their hearts, and, and he's going to now reveal himself to them. And I want to read to you uh, the, the verses here in 45, because this helps me to understand life right here. This is the key. Look at 45 uh, and, and 4 and following. It says, to Joseph said to his brothers, Come near me, please. And, and they came near, and he said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. Now listen, whom you sold into slavery. Listen to that. You sold me into slavery. Check that out. That's in verse 4. And in 5, And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. You. Okay? Then, the second half of verse 5, For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine in the land, right? There's no plowing or harvest. Then verse 7, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over the land of Egypt. So, wow. You sent me here. You sold me here. But God sent me here. Both are true. But he says, so, in verse 8, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Look at that. The ultimate cause and ultimate driving force of why Joseph was sold into slavery was God sent him there for a wonderful purpose. To preserve them and to give them food and to, and to preserve a remnant in this land. Well, look, they did it. The brothers did it. They're guilty of doing it. They're charged. They did it. But ultimately, God, Joseph realizes that the, that God's most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all of his creatures and all his actions, it's God who's doing this. And that's why he says, hey, you have forgotten. You've made me forget all my troubles. You've made me fruitful. God did it. God gives the good and the bad, and He calls and He leads and He and He governs all things. You got to know that. 
all of the heartache and destruction and sin and misery in your life, ultimately, God did it. God brought it about through the sinful hands of people for ultimate good and His glory. If you're in Christ, you know that's true, that ultimately God has sent you here. You're here for a reason. You're here because God put you here. I think that is one of the most encouraging points. Now, we can't always understand the exact reason. Like, we don't always understand, oh, I'm here because I'm going to rescue all my people, uh, all, my, all my family from a famine. We don't always know the exact purpose and reason. We will not always have all the information. But we do know that God uses every single evil action for His glory and ultimately the good of those He loves. That's what Romans 8, 28 tells us. So go look that up. If you don't know it, memorize it and learn it. All right, going over to Matthew 12. That's something, that, That's heavy, heavy stuff right there for you on a, a good morning here uh, or, or evening or whenever you're watching this. Uh, but if you go over to, to Matthew 12 and, and see the New Testament, I want to just really talk about this uh, section about uh, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So 22 and following, it says, you know, they're, they're accusing Jesus of having a demon or being the prince of demons or, or being some kind of bad guy. He says, look, I wouldn't be casting out Satan if I am Satan. I mean, like, I wouldn't be working against myself. Uh, that's not something I would do. Uh, he says, when if it's by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons in verse 28, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Uh, and so he says here, I love this verse, how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Now, that is so important to realize that what Jesus is doing in his life and his death and his resurrection is binding the strong man. Go to Revelation 20, verse 3, and see that between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ, what is happening is Satan is bound from what? Deceiving the nations. That there's going to be people from all the nations who are going to come into the kingdom of God. They're going to be set free from slavery to sin and becoming servants of God of Christ because of the work of the Holy Spirit changing their hearts, setting them free from bondage to sin and making them servants of God. Now, they're members of the strong man or the devil's house at this current time, but they're going to be freed from that because Christ is going to come in and bind the Satan from being able to deceive them any longer. And that's the real issue is that the world is deceived. The world is in slavery to sin. Its heart is evil and dark and wicked and it can't see God. It can't hear God. It doesn't have ears to hear. But what happens when the Spirit comes into the heart is that the ears are opened up. The heart is set free and you rise and go forth and follow Him. That's what happens. And, and you see that Jesus follows that with this uh, text about blaspheming the Holy Spirit it says, no one who speaks a, a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Whoever against, whoever's against, speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. This, this unforgivable sin. You will not commit this sin if, you're, if you have a new heart because you know Christ. 
you will not abandon him because he's not going to abandon you. You're not going to commit that sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, it says, reason why? Because, look at the next verses to understand it. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. If you have a heart for God, you will bear fruit that is in keeping in accord with your heart. You're going to bear fruit. That's It's inseparable to who you are. You're going to do it because you are in Christ and you will bear Christ-like fruit. All right. So consider that. There's a lot in this text. There's a long chapter. It goes up to 50 verses. But I want you to really focus in on, on the work of Christ to set free sinners from bondage and give him the glory for that. He set you free. And ultimately, he's driving your good fruit too. He's doing it. And, and he's in, in all the mysterious ways and all the broken ways that we've come to him, God did it. He sent you there. He sent you to Egypt. Uh, just like he sent Joseph. Okay, hope that's helpful, you guys. God bless. Enjoy day 18 and reading these wonderful verses of God's Word and, and, and get to know him through it. All right, I'll see you next time.